And as soon as I started getting wheeled over or whatever to the other room, I'm like, oh my God. As soon as he told, I didn't even cry when he told me, um, I'm not 99% looking at colon cancer, I'm 100% looking at colon cancer. I didn't cry then, because I in my head I went, okay, so like stage one, we'll cut it out. What, what do I need to do? Like eat different? Like, yeah. okay, no problem, whatever. Did it make you evaluate your overall trajectory in life or some of your long-term decisions? Oh my God, I'm not married, I don't have children. Like you were really looking like at, there may be some major choices. Did it make you evaluate things on the macro? Like where you live, the trajectory of your businesses, like those sorts of things. It's, no one's asked me that. It's such a good question. Immediately, yeah. Like, it took me into what can I do now in the micro to continue to grow. And, and that's why I think people have seen that. Like, She's working harder than ever. No, I'm not. I'm, work, I'm working smarter than ever. Okay. How can I make everything work as much as possible in the micro? Thinking about the macro and the long-term effects. And it's something that whether you have a diagnosis or not, people should be thinking about. And that's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I was not thinking about this. I mean, I should have had a will done. I don't know when I made my first million dollars, maybe 25. Okay, I gotta do this without crying for who was ever listening out there because the person that, I, that is on my screen right now, she's in my heart and I love her very dearly. She's done more for me than, than most people in my life. Um, I don't even think she knows the impact that she's had on my life, but it is amazing that people, when you close your eyes and you think of all the people that have meant a lot to you and like why they mean a lot to you, Jesse Lee has really inspired so much of what you see today. Like this whole concept of stepping in the light, there was always something in me that I knew was there. It was the osmosis of being some, near someone like Jesse Lee that really pushed me. And when you, when you hear her story, many of you may know it already, but for those that don't, when you hear the story, you will really get an insight to what really pulled at my heartstrings and forced me in the light. If, and it's like, if Jesse Lee can be battling what she's battling right now and doing it with such grace and also like fierceness and love and compassion and purpose, well, then I can get out of my own way and stop being a little bitch. Like I can literally like connect moments, so many moments where I think about what you're fighting through and how you're, you're screaming to the world to, and to go after their dreams, to, be, to become the highest and best use in their own life of whatever that looks like. Like it instantly pulls me out of my own way because I think so many people get destroyed by the imposter inside their head that just steers them down. So here's one of the most successful women in America, literally the number one network marketer in the world. She's right up there, the top of the food chain. It's incredible to see like the layout of her life and I'll let her unpack all this, but here she is and at the peak of her career, at the height of her like just power and dominance, she gets hit with the worst news that all of us like dread and fear. And like literally this is when she's as healthy as she's ever been in her life. And it's um, cancer, this whole, this whole evil thing that is killing so many people all around the world gets dropped in her lap at 34 years old. Mm. Jessica, you are a beautiful soul and I can't imagine what that felt like, but I was with, I think I was there the day you found out on that call it was right around that time and i i'm trying to like rewind that moment when when you drop that news on on our little group that we do every month um and it was it was gut-wrenching it just didn't make sense to me it was 
it was fake. Like, this can't be real. Like, someone that is this strong, this young, this powerful, this can't be a thing. This can't be a thing that happens to someone. But she was diagnosed with stage four cancer at the peak of her entire life. It's a heavy place to start, but I promise you it ends well because look at this beautiful soul that's radiating out of this screen right now. Like you should see her in person. <laughs> that's all I got to say. But can you just take us there? We, with Stone, this, this show naturally always tries to start at the darkest place in your life. And we really try to extract gold and build our all the way up to your mission. So why don't we just start at the lows of your life, Jesse Lee, and, and we'll just go from there. But give the audience like the truth. Sure. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited yeah, to be to here and, and answer some questions. Great to see you, too. And um, yeah, I feel great. So I guess we should start there because I think sometimes people are uh, a little worried when they hear something like that, rightfully so. Oh, my gosh, she has stage four cancer. Like, is she all right? Um, and so I'll just address that first of all. I'm better than all right. I feel I feel the healthiest I've ever been Amazing. in my life. Uh, Treatments are going super well, doing it holistically for anybody listening uh, who's wondering. And that's not, and I have to always say this, this is not me telling you that you shouldn't do your chemo and your radiation if that's the path that's right for sure. you. I just knew it wasn't right for me. Right. So, yeah, um, we, it was, I think, the day after I found out I was diagnosed is we had our little mastermind, the four of yeah. us, uh, Dan Martell, you, and uh, Gerard Adams. And, and uh, I, you know, Dan always leads the calls with like, oh, what's your news yeah. today guys and I'm like uh, all right I have news <laughs> um, and that's when I when I shared the news with all of you but you know it's interesting because my perspective of it being the worst day of my life is true and then yet also at the same time mm -hmm. so far from the truth uh, that I I think that's probably the most powerful part of all of this is what your mind decides your life is going to be. Mm. You know, it's pretty amazing what you can control and what you can't control. And so even though you said something at the beginning about, um, you know, being at, at, or you mentioned a couple times at the peak and, and continuing to grow mm. and me being my most powerful, I've become significantly more powerful through this, not only in the way that I have to coach myself through this, mm which is every single day, all day, every day. I mean, I want to eat those candies that yeah. you stole from me. And, <laughs> and I want to, you know, you know um, I want to live a quote unquote normal life, if you will, but making sacrifices and then also showing people how real so much, um, so much of this journey is, I think has actually catapulted me already in many ways to more success on, you know, if you're calling success money or whatever. Um, and then also just my impact is, is dramatically stronger because people see a much more human side to me than I ever used to show online. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to get to see the, the softer Jesse Lee instead of just the boss Lee. Yeah. So um, it sucked. I'm not here to say, I mean, zero out of 10, don't recommend stage four colon cancer. Um, you know, I wouldn't like let you borrow it or anything. I don't think you'd get anything good out of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But it's also just my perspective around it has completely shifted and it shifted quickly. It was, okay, what if cancer is really just a, like a screaming red alarm in your body saying something you're doing is very wrong? Well, then let's adjust and let's start fixing. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. So for the audience listening, we took you right to a moment we all fear. 
before I d- dive into the emotions that, that I want to unpack around that through your, through your lens and really extract like how you turn those emotions that destroy most people inadvertently, everybody handles things differently, but I love how you handled it and I want to get there, but I want to give a, like a rewind even past that as we start and, and just give a, a broad outlook of, of your life. The, the Jesse Lee that I got to know um, before all that is someone from my perspective that was just on a terror path that was literally executing every day, just hustle, 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 showing us all the way. Now, what's crazy is she hasn't stopped from my perspective of, of all this momentum and energy. And not only is it's just gotten bigger, but I can tell she's much more clear in her pursuits of what she's saying yes to, which I think is amazing. But before this, we're going to go before that moment where the bad news hit. Bring me to the mindset of Jesse Lee and, and really like give, give a clear, like concise um, story that, that brings us to, to who Jesse Lee was before the bad news hit. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I was mostly living in Bosley unless you got me. And by the way, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about like an alter ego in case like anybody's like, what the heck does that mean? Bosley. Um, and so Ed on Ed's podcast, he did a really good job of like pulling that side of me up just at the end. He's like, you guys are seeing this like amazing, loving, soft, compassionate woman. And she's all these things, but this is the biggest badass female I've ever met. It you is, know, whatever, yeah. whatever he says. Um, so really I'll just kind of go there for a minute. I, you know, the real darkest times of my life are, are actually not part of the cancer diagnosis. Yeah. I came from a really, um, my childhood was just not it. You know, raised by my grandparents, uh, you know, domestic violence in the household, being the family that was constantly made fun of for a million reasons, right? It was just like, it was a c- cascade of whatever. I mean, it's not, there's not even any point in going super deep on it because everybody, sure. well, not everybody, but a lot of people have these, these moments. But, um, you know, so that threw me in leadership at nine years old. I sent my dad to jail. And so when something like that happens and you become uh, you know the leader basically of the household getting your siblings to school and your mom's working all the time and it's like what is going on chaos uh, I realized you can control a lot if you just have that hustle mentality and so I realized that I, I learned the value of money very young because you had to have it because it was a resource and then I realized that being intelligent was very important and so I spent a bunch of time in academics uh, and then I realized that hard work really pays off so even in college I went to college and carried you know 18 to 21 credits a semester because all costs the same past 12 credits. It's just you can be a lazy bastard and do 12 credits every semester, graduate in four years. So I would take a ton of extra classes. Um, But at the same time, I I had three jobs. So I was waiting tables in Times Square, selling massage chairs on Fifth Avenue, and I was a nanny in Forest Hills, Queens. And so I did all of this at once, but I was making six figures when I'm 18, 19, 20, and 21 years old. So I just had this like go, 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 go mentality about me and nothing... It was like I, I, I liked my life. I liked being able to do things. I liked being able to save money. I liked all. I liked, I liked it. And then I graduated college and got a job in a pathology lab, and everyone was so proud of me. And um, I was making twenty seven thousand dollars a year after taxes. Mm. <laughs> And hate and having all these pills and hating life and being like all oh, this oh god you know um, and I quickly realized okay so we're just gonna you know I jump into entrepreneurship and flash forward yeah when you and I met I mean we had met and I was certainly um, you know you could say I mean my career is peaking as well now so now I'm on this crazy traje- upward trajectory as well but at the time it was like different parts and different some of my other businesses were 
absolutely flying and I was totally hustle, hustle, hustle. I'd say 16 to 18 hour days was pretty normal. Sure. Um, get up super early every half hour on the half hour. It's like very regimented, very scheduled. Get up, go to the gym. Boom, 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 boom. Um, everything was just, you know, what can I get? How much can I get accomplished in the shortest period of time? And really not leaving room for a lot of the emotional stuff because, well, I was, I'm trying to create, you know, I'm trying to, I, I kind of figured I'm 34, uh, you know, I'm not married, no kids. And I, I wasn't even, I was like, we were, I was five months into a relationship that's very serious now, but like, it was like five months and it was serious then, but you know what I mean? Sure. Um, you know, and I just kind of was like, I'm focusing on creating this beautiful life and then whatever happens, happens, but I'm focusing on what I can control. And then the crazy thing about cancer is, um, and maybe it doesn't have, and hopefully it doesn't have to be cancer for, for anyone, but for me, that was what had to happen for me to slow down. Wow. <laughs> like, cause people have criticized me online for years of like, look how hard she works. She's in her masculine energy all the time. Like, look at her, like, why, when's it gonna be enough? How many more millions do you need? How many more companies do you have to have? Like, why she always go, 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 go. And I'm like, I do it cause I love it. You know, I don't do it because I'm forced to do exactly. it. And, um, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's so much more to life than just that. And I've been blessed to build so many successful businesses now and, uh, I mean, I know I technically don't have to work another day in my life. I will, because I love it, but it's cool. It's done a complete perspective shift, and my mindset is um, still the same, and I think really the mindset of just becoming um, not really untouchable or anything, but my mindset is really untouchable. So it, whether it's my mindset towards cancer being super untouchable or if it's my mindset toward business being super untouchable or my mindset towards whatever, I've just kind of taken that and it's just transferred into, into everything that I do. Yeah. I think for, for anybody out there, but especially in the network marketing space, I mean, your dominance in, in that, it was undeniable. Um, there's a lot of people that follow you for that reason. So you really do attract that, but you've extended so far past network marketing. You've truly become a titan in, in, in so many different businesses. Um, it, it's been amazing to watch. How did you get into network marketing? I, I think a lot of people are trying to connect the dots on, on really where, where your, your cash creation is. I like to uh, sort of address the business behind the person. Um, where did network marketing start for you? You're only 34. You're so young. Like you're such a baby and you've, you've, you've achieved like monumental levels of success. Everyone's always looking for the secret, like the link in, like the, we all know what the, all the answers that, that come with that. But I think somewhere in, in, in the disclosure of what you do and how you do it, people will gleam some, some advice that is, they, they can try to apply in their lives. So take me to the world of early Jessie Lee as she enters the world of network marketing, because I know there's a lot of people who are going to want to hear this. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool being number one at something, <laughs> but I, it didn't just like poof happen. You know, it's not, you know, you don't become who you, who either of you are without, uh, without a lot of work. And so I started just wanting a little extra money. I didn't know where my life really was going to take me. I remember, I don't really talk about this often, but I, I've always had an entrepreneur thing about me. I think a lot of great entrepreneurs just do. You've kind of bucked the system a little bit and you're, you're, you want more, you want to create, you want to just be different. And I've always been that like little different weirdo in ways, which I love. And I remember in college, uh, I almost took my real estate exam. like. There were, cause New York, I don't know, New York City real estate or whatever, but there were always these brochures I used to walk past every day. And so I knew I wanted to do something different that didn't, didn't involve sitting behind a desk. 
it just looked completely different than I expected to. Um, and I never thought that this was going to be what this is, but it is, it is a, <laughs> how did I become so successful at this? It is all the stuff that nobody's wanted to do. Yeah. You know, it's like when I tell, I could tell people go knock on doors right now, like we were talking about with, uh, the other day, right? Yeah. It's like, I would actually do it. People won't, you know, uh, I, was told, I was told, go to these events, you have to go to these meetings. Most people won't, I would. Uh, people would invite, you know, I'd get invited to these personal development events or company events or whatever. Okay, why in companies where they have literally a million reps, do their events have 2,000 people, 5,000 people? Because, and, and even of those people, half the people at the event, they don't even show up to half the event. It's like, so network marketing to me, it's like, it's a bunch, that's one of the best things and the worst things about network marketing. I love it so much. And then I hate this so much about it. Anybody can join. Good anybody point. can join. This is a blessing and a curse. So if anybody can do it, that doesn't mean that everyone can do it yeah. because not everybody is willing to do it. Um, and that's actually been one of the reasons why I pivoted and not pivoted. I'm still, not only am I still absolutely dominant in network marketing. I love my company. I love my products. I love, 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 love what I sell and what I do. And I love leading the team. I love all this stuff. Um, but I'm also the vice president of this company as well. So I have a corporate position as well. I'm leading the entire company. We're on this charge Amazing. to uh, we had 507 million last year in sales. Wow. I'm taking this sucker to a billion a year. Like, let's go. Like, I'm so excited about it. Um, but the reason why I took my success from network marketing and started taking time to learn other businesses and implement all the stuff that I have learned through network marketing, because it's just business. It's all the same, no matter what anybody on the internet tries to say, right? Um, I've taken all of that. I've opened traditional businesses. I've invested in a bunch of companies. I do brick and mortar. I have e-commerce stuff. I have, and then I have this huge education company. And I, I intentionally didn't want to, didn't want to just be a network marketers coach. Although I know I'm the best in the world at that because network marketers by far and wide do not respect paid education. Hmm. And it drives me nuts. Wow. It's like, if I told you like if it's cause I see this, I know how good my program is. It's insane. If I would have just branded it, and I swear I'm probably about to freaking change the branding around. I had this, I had this moment in the shower today, so I haven't talked about this with anybody yet. Sure. Do you guys have shower moments where you're like, Absolutely. you're hearing this first. You're hearing this first right here. I know. This is like, this is fresh. This just came out of the shower two, three hours ago. Um, I was thinking, I was like, I, if I rebrand the accelerator coaching and I say, I will teach you how to build your own coaching business just like a bunch of these people do left and right. People will pay $30,000 for me, right. just like all these people do mm. these quite frankly, garbage coaches who have never actually built businesses that will teach you how to build your business are charging fifty hundred thousand dollars people to do this. And people don't blink. I say, Oh, it's $297 a month. And I'll teach you all the skills to build a business. I don't know about 297, like 297, 297. I'm like, you network marketers. Like I have success because I never did that stupid thing that you do about money. I was like, I got money for education. I got money for books. I got money for events. I got money for mentors. I got money for coaches. I'll figure it out. I'll put it on a credit card. I'll get wherever I need to go. Like, I will not be like these other networkers who can get rich and cannot get wealthy. I'm going to be wealthy. Mm -hmm. You got me excited. Fired this up is now. the, this it. is the boss Lee. This is the persona that you're there. She's contagious. Yeah. It's inspiring. I, I don't want to, I, I, I can't help myself. I want to go back to your a remark you said earlier and it was about you got clear on what you can control and what you can't control and you made a remark jesse about 
you know what, Eric, you said I was at my peak, but I'm more powerful than I've ever been. Talk to us about how that's related to your powerlessness, like what you can't control. Like I, I listened to your interview with Ed Milet. I was walking my dog and I was just trying to stand in your shoes and in my human nature, I could totally relate to it. Like my God, if I were to possibly have a terminal diagnosis and, and again, that's not the future you're living into. It brought up a lot of questions for me and I, hmm. I'm really intrigued by a woman that was maybe powerful in some respects who says, I actually have way more capacity today. Can you speak to that? How the powerlessness aspect impacted you? Yeah. Um, I can actually give everyone an exercise that I've done many times and I've given it to a lot of people before that has helped me through this, but then it also helps me through any situation, whether it's business situations, etc. I'm always really cool headed and it's because of that control, what you can control kind of m mindset. Um, so what I'll do is I'll just tell everyone, like, take out a sheet of paper and I want you to write down everything that's stressing you out, right? Like, and you don't have to do this right now, obviously, okay. but, and I'm like, just everything, you know, people say the weather, oh my God, it's like Satan's asshole in Texas right now. You know? I'm like, I think it feels great, but whatever. Okay. So like people can play the weather. Oh, I'm stuck in traffic. Oh, my, uh, my social media is not growing as fast as I want it to grow. My money's not where I want my money to be like you, whatever it is, all these stressors, the, the, uh, my desk is disorganized. It's actually not right now. Shock. Um, this plant is dying. Why is this plant dying? This is terrible. I think it needs water. Um, like whatever you're writing all this stuff down, that's stressing you up, whatever the things are. And then what I do is I tell everyone now cross off every single one of those things that is completely out of your control. Mm -hmm. Just start focusing on what you can actually control, and I swear mm. your day will be completely different. That's really good. Because now you're not focusing on, oh, my, you know, my my bellman at the building was in a bad mood today, or uh, my the the food, like whatever it is. And you look at your list, and it ends up being like five things yeah, usually. Sure. Can you can you control your attitude? Yes, most people won't, but yes. Can you control if you're negative or positive? Yes. Can you control the foods that go in your mouth, which can impact your diagnosis that's stressing you out? Yes. Can you control if you go and you get 10,000 steps a day and get your body in motion so that you keep your lymphatic system moving so it's good for your health? Yes. Can I control taking myself to the appointments that I don't feel like going to because they take so much time out of my day? Yes. yes. Can I control, um, like, okay, I don't have all, enough time in the day. I'm so stressed. I don't have enough time. Can I get better at stacking things together, right? So can I, you know, listen to an audible at the same time that I'm doing whatever? Can I read at the same time I'm getting an IV so I don't feel like my personal development is lacking? Can I do phone calls at the same time I'm in the car so I feel, it, it's like I've learned and I've always kind of had this, I guess, but I just became, I think, even more powerful because I've found these little tiny hacks of where I can stack stuff and then where my mind doesn't have to go, but right. some people choose to go, um, if that makes sense. But, yeah. Um, yeah that was a great answer. Kind of no, yeah. That you, you, okay. Like, so controlling your emotions, like I'm, I'm gleaming a lot of what you said, which is just pure gold. I think from my perspective, what, what most people struggle with and it actually keeps them chasing their own tail for most of their lives is people's inability to control their emotions. And a lot of that stems right from what you just said is they're trying to control things that they can't control instead of focusing on the controllables. Um, 
And I also love just your whole gleam. I had to just give some, I had to shed some love on it. Just do the shit that nobody does. Like you want to know the secret to network marketing and success? Do the shit that nobody does. Like great answer, Jesse Lee. I love it. But one thing that helped me, and this has been a game changer for me, is any emotion that I feel that I don't like, I now have a trigger that goes off. It's actually a simple feeling in my body where I'm about to knee-jerk respond to something. And it, it's a feeling before it's an action. And when I spot it, I instantly think of a chess table. I put this whole thing into a game. And I, the, game, the, li- the game of life is a beautiful thing to play. And for me, it, what it does, it strips out the negative emotion. And it allows me to think about, well, what's my next move? And it really, it really focuses every single action that is stemmed from a feeling that I don't like. And I have two choices. I can either do the thing that was going to naturally come out of me, which is look like an asshole, embarrass my wife, something weird, be, be rude, whatever the thing is. Or I could take a deep breath and I could say, oh, wait a minute, like the Eric that I would want to be, like the titan of industry would not let this face him. Let me make a different move. But people don't feel the thing that, that, that is something that is really the cause of so many bad days. And, and stop before they make the action. And again, like when you start playing the game of chess, one thing I've, of life, one thing I've noticed is exactly what you said. You weed out things quickly that you can't control and you start laser focusing on things that actually give you real momentum. And that is things you can control. And it's not that hard, but people... Like, you know how you get these habits and skills? You go join Jesse Lee's coaching program. You get in the right room. You get around people that think this way, and you will become a shark too. If you want to be a shark, swim with them. You got to be near them, and you have to have some value to offer. It forces you to become a valuable person, or the sharks will disregard you. They'll kick you back to the chipmunks, where the chipmunks hang out. If you want to be a shark, you have to start acting like one, and then become one you can't be a chickmunk in the ocean trying to swim with sharks. So like just getting around Jesse Lee, can you not feel the power, the presence oh, yeah. of a person that has so much to offer the world? And a lot of it is built around the DNA of controlling your emotions. When it comes to cancer, that's the ultimate challenge in life. That really focuses, makes you focus on what it looks like to get clear. I think now's a good spot to just go there what was the emotion like to, and what was the diagnosis, Jesse Lee, when you got the news that we're, it's the number one thing we're all, we've all thought about it. We're all scared of it. It's scary as fuck. We love loved ones. We have so much to do before we go. Like there's so many unknowns. When, what does that feel like? What was the diagnosis? Take us there. Um, I will, as soon as I say one more thing about what you said, I love it. <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, and I like that visualization of a chess board, right? Because it's, you it's know, helpful. all the same. It's like, oh, you're playing checkers and I'm playing chess. Yeah. Like, I love that. Uh, one of my favorite little sayings. So <laughs> something I think some people can do, I just like giving people tactical things, is I actually have asked myself stuff like, what would future Jesse Lee do in this situation? Yeah. Like, what would the Jesse Lee who I want to be, what would she do? So like, I'll just give this as an example. Um, like, so something that in the past has definitely stressed me out before is I am the most loved person in network marketing and I'm also the most hated. <laughs> okay. So, which comes with the territory. Okay. It's like you either love the Kardashians or you hate the Kardashians. You love Trump or you hate, but everyone watches the Kardashians, you know, it's the same. you know, it's not into what, you know, 45 is doing these days, you know, or whatever. Um, and so it's the same thing. And I had to ask myself because I would, I would, um, now I've never watched any of the hate videos of me, but I definitely am aware that they exist. And in the past I would look at them like, 
why are there so many of these? Like, hmm. oh my gosh, I read a Margaret Thatcher quote the other day that I loved. It was like, um, if my enemies saw me walking on water, they would tell people it's because I didn't know how to swim. Yeah, that's good. And I was like, damn, so you know, good. it's like you can't do right by the people who just hate you for no reason. Um, and so I had this thing where it was stressing me out. This is this is like two years ago, but I was like looking at all these videos where I'm just getting attacked or these posts where I'm getting attacked. And I was like, Jesse Lee, the future Jesse Lee is so successful and so happy and so sure, for sure, 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 that she's doing all these things right. She does not spend time typing her name into YouTube to see how many lame people are making hate videos. Like, and I was like, so I can't control that they make them, but I can control my knowledge of them. So good. And so little tiny things like that, like little one degree shifts where you can redirect your energy and say, I can't control other people. I can't control the weather. I can't control whatever, but I can control the way that I respond to stuff has made a big difference in, in my life. So um, the emotions part. Okay. So, huh. so it was crazy. Uh, I went in. So this MRI comes back. It's lit up. I got the MRI because I thought that I was going to be able to basically brag about how great my health was because I went on a real quick, journey. real quick. Why did you get the MRI? Because you were at that point, you were rock solid. I mean, you were you were you've been on a beautiful health health journey. In December or something. Yeah. Right. Was it? Yeah. No, I got the MRI done because I felt like I was in the best shape of my life. Okay. So I wanted to have a baseline because nothing really showed up in my blood. Although the, the doctors that I had been working with should have seen that my vitamin D was low. Um, and for women, if your vitamin D is low, it's a sign that something in your body is sucking a lot of the energy. So I didn't know these things. My red blood cell count should have been should have been a bit higher. Like little things like this that I just. Sure. You know, whatever. The doctors should have seen it and they didn't kind of stuff, which whatever. I'm not blaming them. Whatever. Okay. It's all happening how it's supposed to. I truly believe right. that. So I'm like, oh, I'm like feeling really great. I want to order this full body MRI. And, uh, and, and I also ordered a gallery grail test just because why not? If you have the resources to do it, why not? And the MRI comes back. It's lit up in my stomach and it's lit up in my, in my uh, lower right intestine area, which is the cecum, which is where the um, small and large intestine meet. So, and it just says needs to be, needs immediate attention. Well then, I don't know, two weeks, two weeks later or something like that, the gallery grail test comes back. And then this is still not a diagnosis at this point. I think it's February 6th or something. If my mind is, if my memory is correct, but, um, and it says colon cancer, colon rectum cancer detected. And I'm like, what? And then even then I'm talking to my brother because we're reading all the, like the, whatever the report from the CT scan and my brother goes, well, this could just be an infection, you know? And then I talk to the, and then, and mm -hmm. then luckily I've got a, I have a friend, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, and she gets me an actual next day MR, um, colonoscopy. And I'm, I do fasting like you, Eric. So I don't know if you fast, Matt, but um, Eric, get into fasting if you don't already. Okay, good. <laughs> is, she, is she a famous doctor down in Texas? She is in Texas now. She works with Ed and, yeah. and some other. Okay, I know yeah. she is. Yeah, she's she's, she's here, a yeah. good doctor. She's great. Yeah, she's great. So, and I'm just we were friends. We happened to meet at a wedding or whatever. So, um, anyway, so I just texted her and, and I was fasted because it was only 11 a.m. or something when I texted her asking if she knows any any GI doctors to get a colonoscopy as quickly as possible because in Texas, anyway, it doesn't, this is all details that don't matter. Long story short, I was fasted. So I had the colonoscopy prep already at my house. And the doctor just said, I'll take, I'll take you before my first patient tomorrow. I'll take you at 7am if you can get here, just don't eat and continue fasting. Um, and so I went in and even right before I went under, he said, I'm, I'm kind of with your brother. You look, you're, you look, you look too healthy. Yeah. 
I'm like, yeah, I looked at, you know, and he says, I think it's just an infection too. I'm like, yeah, it's just an infection, you know? Um, and then I woke up and, um, it's one of those things where, you know, something is wrong right away. You know, um, I heard the nurse saying to the person behind the sheet next to me, something like, um, oh, it's just polyps. We took them out. Like, no problem. See you in two years. Heard them say on the sheet to the right of me, you know, oh, nothing. Everything's clear. You know, see you in five years. And then I watched my doctor, like I'm just woke up. So I'm like, right. But I watched my doctor walk across. And then the nurse comes in, like in slow-mo, and she says, oh, the doctor's with another patient. Um, so instead of just having it here, because it's gonna take a couple minutes, we're just gonna put you over here in this room over here. And as soon as I started getting wheeled over or whatever to the other room, I'm like, oh my God. And, I, and even in that moment, I'm like, as soon as he told, I didn't even cry when he told me, um, I'm not 99% looking at colon cancer, I'm 100% looking at colon cancer. I didn't cry then, because I in my head I went, okay, so like stage one, we'll cut it out. Yeah. Or like, what what do I need to do? Like eat different? Like, yeah. okay, no problem, whatever. And then I thought to say this, and so for whatever reason I did, I'm walking out, I'm getting in the car after colonoscopy, and I said, hey doc, what stage do you think this is? And he goes, it's at least stage three. <sighs> It's, it's definitely moved into the lymph node that's, that's surrounding. And I'm like, and that was kind of when I drove, when I rode back in the car, like, oh my God. Um, yeah. But nothing had, and, and, and that was, it was bad. You know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, it was, it was completely devastating. It stops you in your tracks. It makes you reevaluate your entire, not like a life flashing in front of your eyes kind of thing, but it makes you start thinking yeah. like, what could I have done differently? What am I doing wrong? How do I fix this? And I'm a fixer because I'm a hustler. And so I went into like, what do I need to do uh, mode? And I just went, all right, anything that I, any information I can get. Um, and, and by the way, like when I say I didn't cry then, I have cried, I cry every day, but <laughs> I've always been a crier because I'm emotional. So I'll like feel people's energy and stuff. But um, I have cried I, I don't know, sometimes I wonder how my eyes still have tears left in them some days, you know, and I don't have full bad days. It's those bad moments, but those bad moments where I'm going through, like, I've, I'm like, Costco should start, I should, Puffs Plus needs to start sponsoring me sometimes because I'll go through an entire about like, and it's not like, Ugh! it's like, ah! you know, you're just, because um, you realize your humanness, it's just, It'll, it'll rock you. And cancer is one of those things where, for whatever reason, it's in everybody's storyline. Yeah. Like, people want to put it in books, and they want to put it... And I think some of it is just the relatability. Like, I know Matt's been affected by somebody with cancer. You have, Eric. Or you're listening to it, and you're like me, and you have cancer, right? It's like... It's just one of those things, I think, where movie producers will put a storyline for cancer in movies because they know it's going to make people emotional. I think they do it in books for the same reason. I, I mean, it is everywhere. And so then back to the reacting and responding to pretend that you wouldn't be, and I used to get angry by the way, but you're constantly triggered because yeah. it's in your face way more than like, why is there a Zodiac sign called cancer? And so then all of a sudden it's like cancer season, cancer season. Yes, Queens, it's cancer season. I'm like, you should pray that it's never cancer season. Okay. Worst Zodiac sign ever, the cancers. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, <laughs> just to be funny, obviously, but, um, it's everywhere. I used to get really yeah, pissed though. More a question on that, Jesse, more than the, 
day-to-day attitudinal adjustments that we all have to make in life. And I totally related to the game board that Eric laid out and you talking about um, choosing your attitude, essentially. But in a deeper way, I think maybe we can all relate to this. Did it make you evaluate your overall trajectory in life or some of your long-term decisions? I think on the podcast with Ed Milet, you made a brief remark like, oh my God, I'm not married. I don't have children. Like you were really looking like at, there may be some major choices. Did it make you evaluate things on the macro, like where you live, the trajectory of your businesses, like those sorts of things? No one's asked me that. It's such a good question. Immediately, yeah. Um, I think that was one of my biggest things is you started to, I started to grieve almost Mm. what hasn't been. And I think that really hit me though when uh, I went to MD Anderson and they told me that I was going to be dead by October. Mm. So that one, and then when he said if we if we do full Fox and Avastin and we full we do full chemo and maybe you'll be on chemo forever, um, but we can probably get you two and a half years is what we're looking at. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And that just gets into the accepting the diagnosis but not accepting the prognosis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at a macro level then, I mean, I was immediately crushed. That was the most devastating moment of the entire cancer journey. I'm sitting there, I'm FaceTiming um, Aviram, my boyfriend, on the phone, um, because he was in California with his kids at the time, so he wasn't with me. And I'm sitting there next to my best friend, and I just like, I started thinking immediately of what could be with our relationship. That guy's telling me is never gonna happen. I started thinking about, I look over at my best friend and I'm thinking about, she has three of my five godchildren. I have five godchildren. And I immediately start thinking about those three little faces and how this guy's telling me that I'm never gonna watch my godkids, right? Um, and I will, And it's interesting because, I've never said this anywhere, kids sometimes, I'm emotional, kids sometimes like know what to say to you um, for no reason other than I think God speaks to children and they listen more just because they don't know what they're hearing and they're just saying, you know, yeah. like Holy Spirit's guidance. And my goddaughter, Madeline, she is seven. She saw me maybe, maybe a week after that conversation. And she said to me, um, cause she really likes Aviram, right? And she's like, so when you get married, I was just thinking I should be the flower girl. <laughs> and I was like, Aww. And I literally just said to her, thank you, because it made me immediately jump into like, wow, we're still future planning. And um, the businesses, you know, I I did a TikTok about this because um, I didn't have any estate planning done or anything like that. And um, I was having to fill out these little surveys or whatever about, uh, you know, where do you want all this money to go? Where do you want these businesses to go? Where do you want these retirement funds to go? Where do you want all this like crazy stuff? Like, it's nuts. And I was just so upset about even that conversation because it just takes you into, oh my God. Um, but it then also made me super proud just to go back to that macro conversation. If I, my, my network marketing business is completely willable, as are all of my other investments. So it's like, it took me into what can I do now in the micro to continue to grow? And, and that's why I think people have seen that. Like, She's working harder than ever. No, I'm not. I'm working, I'm working smarter than ever, yeah. okay? but how can I make everything work as much as possible in the micro thinking about the macro and the long-term effects. And it's something that whether you have a diagnosis or not, people should be thinking about. And that's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I was not thinking about this. I mean, I should have had a will done 
I don't know when I made my first million dollars, maybe 25, 25, 25, 26. Why do I not have a will? You know, um, when I mean, it just it makes you just question all of that. But um, yeah, and I think a lot of it also is that deep evaluation of your life, like you said, Matt, where, you know, I the whole thing about my mom, like my mom and I now we text every day, like we talk all the time, like healing that relationship, I had to evaluate what is really emotionally bothering me in my life. And that was my biggest trigger was every time. I mean, and it, su it kind of sucks when you look in the mirror and you look exactly like your mother. So you're getting triggered all the time. But I mean, like I, moments where I'd be like, God, like I want my mom to be here for this. I want my mom here for this. Like, what, why are my parents, my parents, like, where is my mom? Um, and so, in the big perspective of that, I don't know that I ever would have healed that relationship either. Like wow. there's been so many blessings in the macro because I said, I got to change this crap in the micro. Yeah. And I mean, I could probably give you a thousand examples of that, but yeah, mother, for sure. You think mother, about the story you shared and maybe just briefly elaborate on it for our, our listeners. Like that really moved me because people, a lot of times intellectually think they've forgiven someone and let a thing go. Me? Yeah. Me? Yeah. And, <laughs> and when you were talking about it, like you get, when you face something like you face, you get real honest with yourself. And, um, yeah. I was moved by that. If you could just unpack it a little bit for. Sure. So long story short, I think there's a lot of people listening that can probably relate to this. Um, and a lot of this is just this extremely toxic upbringing. Um, and so I cut my mom off completely five years ago. And obviously that had nothing to do with my upbringing. Uh, that was a final straw kind of situation. Uh, it, was, it was awful, it was Christmas Eve. And I just basically held a funeral for somebody who's still alive because I had set boundary after boundary after boundary and it was, they were continuing to just get obliterated and then I wasn't upholding a boundary. And, um, you know, there was some substance stuff in there and some, and all of this. And I knew she was gonna, you know, I, I wanted her to change as a person and you can't make anyone change. And uh, so I cut her off five years ago and I did the thing you just said, Matt, where I'm like, I'm not mad at her. Like I'm over it. Yep. I'm over it. Like rest in peace. You know, I'm good. I'm tough. I'm, you know, whatever. Um, and it's crazy how it all kind of works out because I hadn't, yeah, it's, I didn't, I've never talked about this either. You guys are pulling stuff out of me. It's so weird. Um, so probably three or four months, don't quote me on that, but prior to diagnosis, I, uh, I got with my business manager and I said, I want to pay off my parents' debts in entirety. And I was like, it came to me in the shower or maybe it came to me in a dream. I don't know. One of the two where I knew I wanted to do it for my dad, who I had a really good relationship with at the time. But I was like, my mom, like, I remember questioning, you know, God, like my mom, you want me to pay off that lady's debt. And then it was like, and this is just kind of one of those crazy things where, um, the internet actually ruined that, that from even happening. So uh, I, I, one thing left to do, I had to get her social security number from my brother. And I made one Instagram story and those crazy haters somehow found my mother, who I've never said like her name, I've never told like where she lived, none of this stuff, found her location. Multiple people started calling my mom, Facebook messaging my mom, texting my mom, like your crazy daughter is talking about how da 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 da. And so she, she called my brother and was like, I don't want it anymore. 
never mind. Don't give her my cell phone number. This is crazy. Like these people are telling me this is some huge publicity stunt for the internet where she only wants to pay off all these debts. Now I'm embarrassed and like people know that I have debt and like she was mortified. And then I'm like, eh. like then I'm mad again. I'm like, F you. Like this came to me from God, you know, like, and you, like, you don't even expect that, you know? And then the whole diagnosis came and it just kind of like, it, it all came together in almost this perfect storm where um, again, a shower. Y'all, we need to shower more. You know? <laughs> That's why I say cleanliness is next to godliness, isn't it? Okay, so I'm showering in Barcelona. This is two months ago, something like that, three months ago. I don't know. I'm showering in Barcelona and it pops in my head. I need closure from this situation. Yeah, you do. Now. Now. And so I write her this really long email and I'm so heartfelt in it like i'm and i didn't know no accusatory anything the whole thing is like um stuff like i don't think i would have done things the way that you did them but i also have so much empathy for the fact that you were my age and you had when you were pregnant with me and you had to choose between your career and the four kids you know and like where do you sacrifice and so i just started like and i like i don't understand like what it would be like to be with my father who had mental health issues i don't know what it would be like like i couldn't imagine if you were with my stepdad was the most physically abusive mentally abusive and emotionally abusive person i mean I, like we were extremely endangered as children my brother's head's been split open on the back against thrown against a wall like shattered in the hospital i mean we were terrified all the time which also can cause cancer right so yeah. <laughs> so anyway, i'm blaming him i'm kidding I'm maybe not kidding. I'm blaming him. Um, I'm going to find that bastard. Anyhow, so <laughs> Jesse Lee, forget, forget. All right. But anyway, um, and, and I just wrote this really long email and I just said, I don't, and I opened it by saying, I don't know if you're looking for closure too, but I really need this on this healing journey. Yeah. And then I wrote this beautiful email. I thanked her for, um, I thanked her for her gifts. Like I said, I'm smart because of you and I know it. You know, I'm super talented and driven because of you. I know it. My work ethic is from you. I know it. Like I went down this list and then um, she and I never expected a response. But I even felt better just sending that email. You know, like I felt like, oh, my God, that's so much better. And then, uh, yeah, and then I get an email back the next night. I shouldn't have opened it at 2 a.m. in Barcelona, but <laughs> email and I open it. And the first line is just, I don't need closure. I need my daughter. Damn. And I'm like, Oh, and then it was just, and she, and she went line by line, like every single thing that I addressed. Um, and then she even had said about my stepfather, which I did put like a, you know, whatever she said, and I have no excuses and I have nothing to say about him, mm. you know? And it was just like my heart, I could feel my heart open. Um, and it was just, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things where sometimes I think the toughest things in your life are going to be some of the most important things you do and so um that was super hard but it was real forgiveness yeah. like i genuinely i even feel like i actually it's interesting i felt bad at the beginning of this podcast when we started talking about my upbringing and i brought up again being raised by my grandparents because i've genuinely forgiven her mm -hmm. and so me being like like i've said it in hundreds of interviews and i've never cared sure. like i've been like yeah raised by my grandparents you know mom wasn't there dad wasn't there but you know mom was working all the time uh. And I genuinely felt like, ah, like I don't want anybody to think like, ah, my talk, I had, you know, yeah. it's interesting when you genuinely forgive someone for their mistakes and none of us are perfect people. I, I think you can, yeah. I don't know. I just think like part of your heart, part of your soul shifts a little bit. Oh, I bet. Yeah. The power of forgiveness. There's a lot of people out there right now that may be listening that should probably just go to a quiet place and start writing a letter 
mm. heals the soul. Like there's something really special mm. in that. But you, I don't think you guys, like forever, I'm always thinking about the audience. Like, of course. You know what I mean? You don't need to get diagnosed with stage four cancer to go start mending these, these just terrible wounds from your past. They, they'll ruin a person's entire life. You literally could live with resentment and chips on your shoulder and so much pain. And really, it's torture to carry that weight. I felt this even in my own life, but forgiveness could be one of the most powerful, like, freers in life. It just frees you to pursue, but it has to be real. Yeah. Like you can't do it halfway. You can't kind of do it and it can't be fake. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of fakeness in, in, in the country. This has got to be something that is real forgiveness. And I, you know, again, like I love how Jesse Lee described like, well, I don't know if I was ever fully putting myself in my mom's shoes. Like, you know what I mean? I got to remind myself that to a lot of, about my childhood. These are really good reminders, but the power of forgiveness will set your soul free. And it then allows you to go pursue your highest and best use. Then it allows you to fully go pursue your passion. Like part of, we talk about Jesse Lee dropping the racket, like really, and we, we coach on this. It's a big deal in, in our group, but everyone's running some sort of racket and it may not all be bad too. People like hide things. They don't reveal the fullness of, of the truth. But when you, part of re dropping the full racket is really forgiving the things in life and really letting them go. That's part, I think it's part of the process, mm. but it's amazing what cancer will pull out of you. And what a beautiful description of a gift of cancer. Like, I don't think people were going to expect us to come on here and talk about this terrible thing that would happen in your life and say, oh, wow, like look at all the gifts that cancer has given me. And I think we probably only scratched the surface for you of the gold that you're extracting from some of the worst news that a human can get. But the cells in your body are telling the whole world a story. They tell me a story. You are doing it in such a, a beautiful way. And it is so inspiring. Like you're going to beat this. And, and I truly believe that like the power of how you think and, and what you tell the world, like your communication is you're telling the sickness that's inside you, like you're literally talking it off the cliff, you're walking it backwards, and you are taking back your full power. People are powerful. And like you are exuding so many like golden nuggets right now in this conversation. So the mom piece is huge. It's really big. What else can we control, Jesse Lee? Like the actually control. We talked about the uncontrollables and we talked about the controllables. We brought forgiveness in as a controllable. I know there's, there's, there's mo way more layers to this story. What else? Um, so again, I just want to put an end cap on that. Please. I've heard this before, but it never made sense to me. And until now, which is, I used to be told a lot, forgiveness is for you. And I would even like teach that. I think I've probably coached that up before, you know, because I forgive and I've forgiven people like who have betrayed me in business and I've forgiven people who have you know stolen money. Like, why do people steal money, by the way? Like, I've had millions of dollars stolen from me, like you scam artists, whatever. So like, but forgiveness is genuinely for you. And this is just, I think, such a real time example of that where I can I can even like physically almost immediately I could start seeing myself even get healthier. Like I yeah. can see my skin more like I could yeah. feel my energy when all of that happened and so I don't know who needs to hear that that's listening a lot of people a lot of people 
<laughs> it really is for you though. So if you're like, I'm just going to forgive my brother because I'm supposed to like, no, 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 no. Or like, it'll make him have a relationship with me again or whatever. Like you're looking at it all the wrong way. Um, you know, like anyway, so, um, so what can you control? Well, a lot, mm. honestly, because so much of life is discipline. And, and so maybe that's easy for some people and hard for others. But for me, it's like, okay, cancer diagnosis, this sucks. What do you have to do to heal from cancer? I need to learn more, step one, right? So then I had to become disciplined in understanding exactly what was going on and not just Google. So I went, okay, too much noise from the Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Wikipedia, Google crowd, right? Because everybody had a cure, you know, everyone. My text messages, like, I don't even know how... Um, this phone has 893 unread text messages and I don't know where, oh, whatever. I don't know where my main phone is, which probably has 700 something unread. Like I stopped reading texts unless I go to your message, not because I'm trying to be rude, but because there is so much noise yeah. that I'm like, I don't want to hear about your uncle that like, I started getting like so overwhelmed with stuff. Like everyone had an aunt that died. Everyone had a girl. Oh, my grandmother died in 2018. I'm like, yeah. shut uh, oh no. So I had to become disciplined in saying, I'm so sorry, but like, what can I do about this? I can hire more assistants. I had to staff up more because I'm like, I'm still going to create content. I'm still going to be the one posting. I'm still going to be the one obviously doing live video and I can read all the comments during the live videos, etc. The rest of it, you're fighting with an employee. Like you're not fighting with me anymore because I can't, I don't have the bandwidth yeah. for it. And I've got a system where obviously, you know, you're DMing me and I'm talking to you. I have a whole system. Like my birth, my assistants know, like I'm, there's messages that are marked that are flagged that, that only I read. Right. And then there's a lot that aren't because it became so noisy. Like the cure thing became crazy. So then I educated yeah. and I found out I only want to be around other cancer survivors who have done it the way I want to do it. Because again, you just mentioned you're speaking to yourselves all the time. I don't want to hear about how you beat cancer with chemo. I'm like, and again, no offense. I'm so happy you're sure. alive. Whoever did this, like God bless modern medicine for you and radiation sure. and chemo and surgery and all this stuff. I don't want to know about it. Right. Like I literally don't want to know about it. I want to know about the people and there's a lot of them. Thank you, God. There's a lot of them who have healed from stage four and stage three diagnoses that were given even less time to live than me in every single kind of cancer, like pancreatic cancer, everybody dies. No, not true. I, I found people who have not true. died, right. who did not go traditional way, who said, I mean, you got three months to live. Boom. Why are they cured? Like I started surrounding myself and I was so disciplined about this. Like, again, not trying to be rude. I just don't want to hear about your path because it's not the path that I'm trying to take. Right. And then I became disciplined even more in my businesses and my scheduling and my time in my energy and everything. Like, well, this was kind of weird, but, um, I was like, I need to completely change. I think a lot about my life. So mm. it was stuff like for a while, even I switched the side of the bed. I always sleep on. I, always sleep on the side. <laughs> I was like, I want to be so ridiculous. I want to change everything. Like I want to enter the house a different direction. There's like a path I usually take when I get in my house, like it's aimless. I'm like, Nope, I have to confuse my cells. I got to be like, I got to be disciplined about this. Like then when I started learning about the nutrition, okay, it, I went from basically carnivore, but like, it was pretty dirty carnivore at that point. I did carnivore for a long time, but then I was like, eh, carnivore, add fruit. Sometimes if I feel like having bread, like whatever, sure. I'm just like, eh. you know? And so I went from essentially carnivore, but definitely always having meat every day. So like, no matter what into vegan, 
because I had done so much research that's like vegan, your digestive tract, especially colon cancer, overdose on nutrition, overdose on nutrition, overdose on nutrition. Then I got to do this coffee enema stuff and be disciplined with this. Why do I have to do that? Because my liver is getting overworked with all of the toxins that are falling, that are not falling out. It's not the right sure. terminology, but whatever. Like my, 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 my liver is getting overloaded because of all of the, the, the cancer die off and because there's so much extra nutrition and it's, it's dumping into my liver. So then I gotta be disciplined about how oh, we gotta do three a day, at least three a day. Wow. Like, I'm like, this is crazy. But it's like, you can actually control a lot. It's just, are you controlling your time? Are you controlling your energy? Are you being disciplined in your, your work? Are you being disciplined in what you're putting in your mind? Are you being disciplined? The people you spend time around, like I'm very intentional about this. Right, um, you learn very quickly who your real friends are, and so no excuse. There's no, there's no second chances, none. Right, so then I don't even have to do this. I'm reacting thing because I already cut off all these people that were like, why am I? You know, it's like you can control a lot in your life, but really, it all comes down to this. Everything I'm talking about controlling is in my mind. Yeah. So it's like sleeping early or saying no or waking up and not getting on my cell phone until I've been in the sunlight every single day. Like Good. it's a lot of different changes, but really I think what it comes down to is discipline, just discipline, 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 discipline. How bad do you want to live? I want to live a lot. Like I'm having babies. Let's pump some babies out. Let's get it started. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like I got life to live. Oh, Come on. You look, awesome. you, to me, it's like, there's, we've already addressed, there's things you can't control. We shed those off the chess table. Now we're looking at the pieces that are on the chess table, but right now seems like as focused and dialed in you as, as dialed in as you could possibly be as a human on the things that actually move the needle and the things that actually make you happy, that actually create fulfillment and it, that actually have results that create the momentum that you're looking for in all domains of your life, not just one. I know that you like switch back to meat, for example, and you notice that it just wasn't working right with your stomach. So you quickly adjusted back. You figured out what type of cancer that, that you have, that, what it thrives on, which is sugar. Like, it, it, imagine people out there listening, close your eyes, just imagine, you don't need cancer to get control and get discipline. If you could take this type of control of your life, you could literally become a billionaire. You could change the world. You could feed a million people. You could inspire countless. Like you could do anything you want, but it's crazy how someone that's already dialed in just notches it up to the next level. And now she's taking back her health. She's literally going to beat cancer mm -hmm. through discipline and just understanding how it works. Most people won't do the homework. They won't do the research. They react to everything. They, they, they go in society. We all go where the sheep go. We all heard that way, heard that way. You know, I, no offense to chemo on my end too. I've known a lot of people that fought it that way and they created a, 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 a lifestyle that was terrible. They destroyed their lifestyle for not great results. Like you choosing the path of least resistance, not only is it admirable, but there's so many people that are the beacons of hope, but they'll never have light shed on them. Like this is like the industry at large, like for, makes you think that what you're doing is not, that's why you get all these people, these keyboard warriors talking shit, either way, whatever you're comfortable with. There's, there's wins in both categories, but there's not enough talked about of what you're doing. You are literally doing this in such an inspiring way. And look at your quality of life right now. You're changing the world along the way. You're inspiring along the way. You're filled with energy and you are in control. Chemo's not in control. Like you're in control and like you're going to win. So how are the cancer markers? I'm really curious about all the work you've been doing. I mean, we're talking about ozone treatment, which we haven't talked about yet. Super excited to hear about that. Coffee enemas, 
like countless juicing techniques that are just putting so many micronutrients and flooding her system. She's cutting off all sugar. She's starving cancer, her inflammation. Look how amazing she looks. She's thriving at every level. Is there actual results on the cancer side of things? Yeah, so my last scan was a little bit, it's like a month ago, maybe a little less than a month ago. Um, and the cancer is, I love it because it's a traditional oncologist, so it's not even like an integrative awesome. oncologist. Beautiful. All, these, all the traditional oncologists like Texas Oncology can read your scans or whatever. Yep. Um, and so he's like, I don't know how this is possible, but you need to keep doing what you're doing because your Woo! disease is and regressing. Like the lymph nodes in your stomach have gotten significantly smaller. It's like just whatever you're doing. Keep I'm like, going. Ah! Keep going. And then God goes, hey, boom, kidney stone. I'm like, damn. Oh, um, but it, no, but it, that's um, it's actually from the high dose vitamin C. Sure. So. Yeah. Okay. We, we have to ask her the regimen that you're doing because I think I love number one biohacking. I love the world of science and, and use it. And le I leverage anything to up my life, extend my life. I want to be clear in the head. I want to have a ton of energy. What are you doing and what should everybody be doing? Because this is something that I'm super curious about. Like I, there's a, there's a, such a big debate between heavy meat eaters and going vegan and, and like, you know, the, I, I know you love coffee enemas, which I never could, would imagine myself in a bathroom, but now I kind of am like at the, I mean, you're the type of person at an airport. She might be in the bathroom doing a little coffee enema. No big deal. I'm serious. Like she does. <laughs> But tell me, tell me about, like, I love this part of the conversation. It's like, okay, how can we all upgrade our health? Like, what are the things that we should know about this? What, where does cancer come from? Yeah, so the first thing is uh, follow your intuition is the first thing I'll say. So, like, I've had plenty of people, you know, the carnivores coming back at me, like, you should be doing meat again. I'm like, my body was rejecting it. So Period. I did not need to be doing it. Like, I needed to be eating these vegetables. It was, it became very obvious very quickly for me. So right. even with, like, doctor recommendation, you need to be keto. And I'm like, okay, I'm keto. Three weeks of, like, oh, God, and no energy. It's just, no, you just listen to your body. Um, I think everybody should be doing red light therapy. Really big fan. Um, I'm a huge fan in my for for this journey of this vitamin these vitamin C IVs. Yes. So 50 uh, grams of vitamin C three times a week, which is why I got the kidney stone how because many, you can only pee up so many. How many grams, Jesse? 50. 50. Wow, so that's a lot. Every every four days, yeah. So it's a oh, it's it's a ton. Like it burns going in. You're like, yeah. oh, die, can't die, die, die. Um, ozone, not only um, through my actual blood, so they, they, they're cleaning your blood uh, and oxygenating your blood, but also ozone. I, I can show you the machine. I won't really grab it, but there's a rectal ozone machine over there. Yep. So every single day, was, hyperbaric chamber. I was going to ask you about ozone while you're on it real quick, Jesse. So I, just because I've heard about it from you, particularly, you, you got me interest peaked. Is, should this be done as a preventive? I, me and Jeanette, we, I, I, she doesn't know this. We're, I made a doctor appointment for both of us, but tomorrow actually we're gonna go meet a, a person in Coeur d'Alene that does ozone therapy, just as maybe a, to learn about it as a preventative measure to clean the blood. Is that something you would do even if you weren't sick now that you know? I wish I've been doing ozone forever just because you'll sleep better, your energy's gonna be more clear. Awesome. And then if you have any kind of like crap going on in your body it, it's, it, that's attaching to your blood, it's gonna clean it out, Amazing. some bacteria. I, ozone's crazy. Like, um, it's cool when you hear, well, like when doctors will talk about it, not online, yeah. so you have to be somebody like me who's communicating with tons of doctors all the time now. Sure. Uh, and not like quacks, okay? I'm talking like normal, even just medical doctors that are like, I do this, but like- Don't say anything. Yeah, I wonder or, why. Yeah. That's scary to me. Um, well, it, 
Follow the money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. If anything that prevents cancer, I don't know if they want you doing this. Why is preventative not talked about nearly enough? Because it's a multi-trillion dollar annual business. Bing, 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 bing. You hear that over there? Oh, my God. It's crazy. There's no money in a cure. evil motherfuckers. Well, it's like the crazy thing is there's a lot. Okay, well... Okay, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on anyway. But ozone, so this one, I'll go into this conversation okay. first. But there's this, um, so one of these doctors I was talking to, this is probably five, six months ago. He's like, um, and he is talking about the Ebo 2 ozone machine, which cleans half of your blood in an hour, Damn. which is just insane. Does it, I think hurt? It's an hour. Does it hurt? No, it's just you've got two gigantic 18-gauge needles in. Fuck. So it's just like, I mean, the needles will hurt you for uh, sure. But like, tomorrow. come on, Eric. I'm such a pussy. But o- the normal ozone's not like that, just so you know. I'm talking about like this crazy machine. Okay. He's just saying, no, like this is this stuff is what people use to, to kill viruses that people say are incurable. I said, like, what's an example of that? Yeah. And he goes, AIDS, hmm. herpes. I'm like, yeah. no, he's like, like autoimmune diseases that just blast people where they can't function anymore. Where like all these little, I don't know how all these diseases work, but like they, they I don't know, like arthritis like attaches to whatever. And then that's why you get this, whatever, all this crazy stuff. I'm like, this is what, like what? And so I, w- I mean, I w- it's, it's pretty freaking cool stuff. So I do that. Um, I w- and at the beginning of that, I was doing ozone five times a week. So I still go do Damn. the blood ozone. Yeah, I'll still do it too. You got dragon going, blood. She could fly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so That's important crazy. to clean just all that crap out, all yeah. that gunk out of your blood. So damn. Um, so anyway, but um, but re- I mean, cancer can't live in an oxygenated state. There was someone who er, uh, yeah. who won, earned whatever you want to call it, a um, a Nobel Prize, not a Peace Prize, obviously, but a Nobel Prize. Uh, just a handful of years ago, who proved that oxy- that um, your that cancer can't live in an oxygenated state? Well, why don't people talk about that? I know. Why don't people just jump in a hyperbaric chamber more often? Yeah. Or, and, but um, I do I, I do uh, detox saunas all the time, so infrared sure. almost every day. Um, I'm going to hock it right after this, so that's like yep. this combination of all three. heat. Uh, yeah, the heat, the infrared, and the ozone through everything. You're like, and you're like, you're, yep. the only thing out is your head, and it's just you'll have black, like almost tar that comes out of wow. you. It's like a normal, just because you're exposed to everything all day, every day. Like your foods have chemicals Metals in them. Metals everywhere. Your hair does. Your water is full of crap. Like no matter how clean you're trying to be, I don't know. Cordelaine's probably pretty nice, but you know there's <laughs> there still toxins and, and everything, and all the planes and the flights and. All that stuff. Um, you know, the supplements got pretty crazy. I do castor oil packing. I'm actually off all supplements right now, which is super kind of like, yeah, it's kind of scary actually, um, to be honest, because I was taking so many, it will like blow your mind. But um, I'm doing RNA treatment right now. So I'm injected. It's basically like, uh, it's like, I don't know how to describe it, except for kind of like a cousin to stem cells. They inject the RNA inside you and it goes after any kind of inflammation or any dead cells and it heals them. Wow. So. Um, and that's the, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's actually not that expensive. That one is. So that's the only thing that I'm kind of like almost feel bad talking about because um, I don't want to gatekeep that from anybody, but sure. it's, it, it, that is prohibitively expensive. That's like, I think four or five treatments is $130,000 and God bless like being the woman I am, yeah. being write the check, I don't really care. Yep. Um, I mean, I would go into debt for that too if I didn't, like if I knew the science behind you it. You believe but, in um, it that much? Yeah. How do coffee enemas make you feel? Like, what do you, do you, you, yeah, you feel good, huh? I, you must like, you like it. 
I love that you were at uh, Mastery with me because you know how they talk about how your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Yeah. And I didn't even think about this, but we got there and um, and just amazing humans anyway. I love my top level coaching clients. Like They're great. Now that I'm at Mastery right now, just in this healing journey, it's like Platinums are the people who have access to me. And it's interesting watching the people who have signed up for my Platinum coaching program because it's the same thing. It's like whether you do call from Edema or not is not the point, but it's like you can tell these are just people you want to do life with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Like, yeah, you're my person. Like, and you know, so we get there and it's the first night and we're just like sitting around, uh, the couches. I'm doing like a question and answer. And, uh, and it was very funny because I looked around, I'm like, wait a minute, you, I know you do coffee enemas. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> and you do. And you, and do you? Cause you're her husband. No, no, not yet. Okay. You like literally the whole, we were all laughing. Cause it was like nine people were like, yeah, I mean, I brought it with me. I'm like, <laughs> but okay. So, so it does help obviously with the detoxing of the liver, etc. but and it, it'll clean out the lower third of your intestines, which just feels good. So your digestion is just a lot healthier for anybody who wants to, you know, do enemas or, or etc. However, um, um, you will have mental clarity, like nothing you've experienced. Like, it's just it. like, mm, you're going to feel great. Um, and I, I will, and it was one of those things where, you know, how, especially with supplements and stuff like that, or you go and you get your IV, you don't really feel anything. Yeah. Usually it's like, all right, I know I got zinc. I know I got this. I know I got whatever. Yeah. I laid on the bathroom floor. I did my first coffee out of a, I think I held it for like nine minutes. I was so proud of myself. Um, now I'm much, now I'm much more, now my, my butt is stronger. Um, <laughs> you figure out the recipe, but anyway. Um, I don't even know what that means, but. <laughs> like the water to coffee ratio or like how much water. And I, I kind of forgot that I don't have my entire intestines anymore. So maybe I didn't need that much yeah. coffee. The first, you know, first couple times you're like, oh God, immediately having to poop. You're like, ah, crap. Uh, no, and then you're mad. You're like, what a waste of coffee. It was a whole process. Um, but uh, I went to bed after that. And I'm caffeine sensitive, by the way, so I was really nervous oh, about right. this. Um, and I don't, because I don't consume caffeine. But I did a, this coffee and I'm up. The, and as soon as I went to bed, I was like, boom, like out like a light. And I woke up the next morning like, wow. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna do that. We're gonna keep doing those. It was just those were right away. I just felt the health benefits, and so, uh, so I know it's funny. I know people joke. Oh, she she's telling everyone to do coffee enemas. It's working. It's dangerous. Like, Whatever. Well, you're you're relating to your health the same way you built your network marketing exactly. business career. You're doing you're doing what people are not willing it's to discipline. do. Discipline, like literally. Uh, you will leave no stone unturned, and that just really she speaks won't. to your. You She's have a tenacious, fierce, tenacious spirit. Isn't she? You amazing? remind me. I told you. I told Eric. Uh, I was like, if I had to pick a word to describe Eric, <laughs> it would be uh, indefatigable. Thank you. And I, I would slap that right off. That's a great You're word, t- indefatigable. And, I might I would be the name this. of my book. Let me just say one thing. <laughs> I, that's um, it's a tirelessness. And we're only tireless, I believe, consistently if we're coming from love. Because it's, you know, if you have, if you really care, that's what gets you up early every morning. And really, when you have children, you experience that. You hear them at two in the morning, you don't hesitate. Yeah. Um, But I see that in Eric, and it's neat to see you two are very kindred. So I can see how. (laughs) I can see how much you we're yeah we pop pretty hard yeah you're you're very similar <laughs> I picked up on that right away when I met Jesse Lee like she's just a ball of energy like and it's contagious and it makes you like 
like, damn, like I'm not doing enough. Like I like that someone can have that effect on me. Like I like to be around people that like, man, like I love workhorses, but it's not because she was born this way. Like, do you know what I mean? She does the work. It's discipline. Like she has rules and systems and processes, but more importantly, she's in her passion. She loves what she does. There are so many people out there that do not love what they do. They cannot be indefatigable to something that they just don't love. And it blows my mind how many people go through their entire life and do not pursue the passion or the why behind them is not strong enough to stand tall through the hard days and they give up so easily. You know what I mean? And like, there's, there's so many different places that you, you could go and, and Jesse Lee has so much to offer the world. Um, I was trying to hang on to a thought like, but you brought up indefatigable and I got all excited because that is now my favorite <laughs> word. I do love it. Indefatigable. That's it's like word. such a great word. Um, but Jesse Lee, so the mission for you, I want to, you know, I, we're coming up That'd against a, a hard question. stop here and I know that we could talk for freaking hours. I know we, uh, this, this conversation will yeah, not be gotta, the, we will not end here. We, we, have, will, we, we will be in person with you says soon. We have enough time for this one, yeah. but I really want to end with like your mission. And I know we skipped a lot, but it gives us something to come back to. But at the end of the day, I bet you had a mission before that maybe be slight different to your mission. Now you have this really unique benchmark on your timeline of your life. And I'm really curious to, to see how your mission, the, the thing you're, the North star that you're pursuing in life, what does that look like? And I really describe like meeting God, my maker. And, and I really, for me, I want to have exhausted all my potential. Um, but there has to be even a why that's bigger than that. Like, what are we trying to do on this planet? Like what marks are we going to leave? Like, what is the thing that really is going to define our lives? Have you grappled with that? And, and, and what does that look like for you, Jesse Lee? I know the whole world is, would love to know because you are a gift to humanity already. And you are already the, like ready. If in my mind, you're ready. And what a beautiful sentiment that might feel like in my mind to know that I'm ready. And I hope it's not for like a long, long time away, but like to know that I've left it all on the table and that I'm not looking over my shoulder. I've dropped the racket. I'm not, I'm only serving. It's a beautiful feeling, but you're ready. But what else is Jesse Lee going to do with her life? Uh, so I used to have a mission that was just basically showing people you can be successful and kind at the same time because my number it. one core value is kindness. And I, mm. even through all of this crazy darkness and all the attacks and social media, whatever, I think for whatever reason, I'm impressed by myself sometimes about how I'm still able to remain calm and cool when like In the storm. people are just... Um, yeah, crazy. So it used to be that it was all that's what I would always tell people like I want to show you you can become super rich and you can still be a good person um, it, because you mentioned sharks earlier yeah. and one of my things and I, we might have talked about this at mastery a little bit but um, the shark concept is very real in the sense of there are bad sharks in the water at the top and some some of these people like I don't ever name names but there's people at the top entrepreneurship that people look up to where I'm like right. that person is awful yep. and I'm not going to be the one to expose don't them don't do it but that way bad person um, and it's interesting because i've just never understood that i've never wanted to hurt people i've only wanted to help people get ahead so um so anyway now it's it's kind of like what you said about nothing leaving nothing it is leaving nothing on the table but it's about how do i make the world a genuinely better place in that process so whether that's me showing people there's another way to do things and so buck the norm and follow your own intuition or also if it's something along the lines of the way that I am showing up right now, people go, why is she still doing interviews yeah. or her coaching program or her business or whatever? It's like, 
because every single time somebody new finds me and follows me, my legacy, whether I do have children someday, God willing, like, or not, every single time I'm able to actually show up and impact people and show people again, there's another way, there's a better way you can do that, you know, believe in people like that legacy will live on. And it's so important that I continue to show up like this yes. because I agree. I think you know, people who are so scared to show up on social media or do a podcast like you guys are or whatever, I'm like, when I do have kids, nobody's going to be able to tell them about their mom better than their mom. They're going to be able to be like, uh, no, uh, wait a minute. No, no, no. She said this in an interview yeah. or no, wait a minute. Like, let me fact check you. The whole video actually said blah, blah, blah. Cause my mom, this Well, look at, read my mom's book. Like, look what my mom said, but it's not even like mom. It's like generations and generations and generations. I think about people who are long past, like I quote Jim Rowan almost on a daily basis, probably or Zig Ziglar, like all these greats come out of my mouth all the time. Well, they're long gone and I'm not genetic, I'm not biologically related to any of these people, yet their legacy is living on through somebody they've never met. Like, it's so important that you show up in those ways. And so all, all of the genuinely making the world a better place, building the businesses as big as I can build the businesses, like fill in all the blanks, all of it matters so much to me because I do have, if nothing else, five little sets of eyes watching me. Yeah. I do have those five, got those five godchildren. Um, and and I, I, every day, seriously every day just want to make myself proud and so when people see me showing up the way that i do it's not that i have to yeah. it's because i want to because i want to control a narrative i don't want anybody else to be able to that was so beautiful and you do not have to be doing this many people will say well you're right she just expelled so much energy in this hour and a half that we just podcasted even this one moment but why are you doing it? Like, this is the gift of Jesse Lee to the world. She's li literally getting inside your head and challenging you to live a better life, a more disciplined, controlled life, and to go after your passion with purpose. Kindness at the very top of the food chain is definitely doable. You do not have to be a shark that's an asshole. You could be a happy shark with a big sharp, with a big smile and sharp teeth, but she's right. You can be in a, you can be a genuine, and a lot of billionaires at the top of the food chain, they are amazing people, but there are a lot of ruthless motherfuckers out there. I choose to be, do it like this, just like her. I, I resonate with that sentiment so well. What a beautiful like way to describe how you want to arrive at God's feet kind and loving and giving and leaving it all on the table. I wish we could go a thousand minutes longer. You're an amazing person, Jesse Lee. I love you so much. You're, you're such a gift um, to humanity. I can't wait to like, to continue to do life with you at, at the next level and the next level and the next level and the next level. And you know what's cool, Jesse Lee? I'm gonna give myself a little shout out here. You too, Matt. Like Jesse Lee saw something in me before my stock value is high. So she has a very near dear spot in my heart and I will take her with me for the rest of my life. And I know that I will be with her for the rest of hers. So thank you. And I love you so, so much. Matt, you want to say anything? I'm sorry. I'm hogging no, I'm her. Just, uh, no, I, I know you guys are close friends. I just want to say, uh, God bless you. I, um, yeah, it was, it was inspiring to hear the progress with your cancer. You're already a beautiful soul. And uh, the thought of you leading a happy, joyous life, being a, a mama or whatever, whatever your future holds, uh, it's a real pleasure to meet you. And I just wish you the best. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, guys. Appreciate you. Good meeting you virtually. And Eric, yeah. as always. Yeah, we will see you, you soon. I always believe in you. We will, thank you. We, we want to make sure that we send people to, to where it will serve you, Jesse Lee, and your message can be heard and shared and loved upon. So 
let, let us know where the best place to, to follow what you're doing. How do we get involved with you? How do we connect into your world? How can we learn from you? Sure. So um, the bossly.com has everything. So just B-O-S-S-L-E-E.com. Um, and then all my social media handles are just I'm Bossly. And I only have one. I feel like you have to say that these days. I don't have I'm Bossly one. There's no official account of Bossly. No, Bossly. I'm Bossly on all the handles. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much for Thanks, doing Jesse. this. You are, you are such a gift. We love you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man on a man.